Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Man, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. Welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. Welcome everybody that's online this morning. Can we just, can we just welcome those that are at home watching? Can we just give them a, a round? Let them know that we are thinking of them and so glad that they're with us this morning. It's an honor and a privilege to have each and every one of you. My name is Pastor JP. It's good to be back, yeah? I love, I love those words to that song. Um, you know, if there's... Nothing else I'll ever say to Jesus other than thank you. It's enough. Like if, if you don't have the words to ever speak or you don't know what to muster up to, to maybe share with the Father, tell Jesus just how much you're grateful, just say thank you. He receives it and it's good to just bless the Lord, amen? We say thank you because we're blessing the Lord. You know, it says in scripture that the rocks will cry out. Come on, how many of you know that's a weird statement? That the rocks are gonna be talking. It says all of creation will be talking and proclaiming the goodness of Jesus, but we, the ones that were spoken and formed by his hands, we, the ones that were God's special creation, how much more should our praises of thanksgiving and our offerings of praise be to Jesus? Whether you have a mask on, you still got two hands, and if you don't have two hands, you might have a foot. You can stomp, you can praise Jesus. So for the next five seconds, even in this moment, can we just give Jesus some praise of thanksgiving in this place? place. Well, man, we've already had one service this morning. It was incredible. I think the 9 a.m. service might be the best service because it's got all the kids. The kids were here doing a little worship set. Had an, had, they had a video. They got to watch a video. All you adults are like, man, can we get that video playing right now? It was an incredible service, but I, I think this might, this is, this is gearing up to be a good one, the 11 o'clock. Turn to your neighbor across the way. Just wave at him. Just give him a wave. There, it's a lot less awkward now that we're all sitting separated, which is good, and masks on. Hey, I want to I jump into a series today that if you have been with us through this time, um, God's really done a, an incredible work in our church. And I know in the midst of pain, in the midst of a lot of tragedy and chaos and confusion, you know, there's a scripture verse that we hold on to as believers that God works the good. He works the good out, right? And in the midst of all that's going on and all the pain and all the hardship and everything that people are facing, I still believe God's up to something good, amen? I believe that he is still in the business of transforming and changing. I still believe that he is in the business of healing and redeeming. I still believe that he is in the business of supernaturally touching a city like Chicago. I believe he's in the business of even transforming people like you and like me. Individuals that, 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 that would call upon the name of Jesus and just believe in faith that he is a God that does all of those things that he said he would do. He is still in the business of that. And we have watched God over these times of these past few months. It feels a lot better than having seven of us in the room this morning. The seven of those guys. Can we just thank them? Everyone that has done the live stream previous. 
And so in the life of our church, I just felt really pressed that the next couple weeks we're going to go into um, a series that I've entitled Culture Influencers. I was hoping for like a, yeah, pastor. <laughs> I'll turn the lights on. Don't, don't play games here, church. Catch you all sleeping. Two buzzwords, right? Come on, if we're honest, right? These are two very big buzzwords today. Culture, how is culture going? How is culture today? How is culture speaking? How is culture demanding? All the things that we hear about. And then influencing culture, even in the midst of all that's happening. How are we influencing? Who are the influencers? Who are speaking into this thing? Uh, all the things that are happening. Who's telling people what to do? How, is, how are people being led by the influencers, right? It's a very big double-worded statement. Is that the right way to say it? Double-word statement. Culture influencers. I want to dive in over the next couple weeks into the book of Daniel. If you have your Bibles, if you got your phones, the Bibles might not be working in this dark room, but you can get your phones out and go to the Bible app or Google the book of Daniel. If not, we're going to have it up on the screen in a moment. But I'm going to talk about this book, uh, this, this young man named Daniel. If, you, if you've never grown up in the church, you might have heard of the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den. We're going to talk about that in the weeks coming, but, but the book of Daniel is powerful. And I believe today that in this book, that this book is written for us today. It is written to us today for this time, for such a time as this, because I believe something deep within my spirit. And I'm talking to our Oasis family. If this is your first time being here, we're so glad you're here. Welcome. But I think as a church, we are called, as believers better yet, if you just call Jesus your Savior, your Lord and King, we are called to be the ones that are influencing culture, not the other way around. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a thing that is shifting where, where far too long we have allowed for the, the, the world to speak into culture. Or better yet, in the previous generations before us, which I'm so grateful for, we honor them, we needed them, we need them. Come on, anybody thankful for the ones that have gone before us, right? But, but, but sometimes, I, I've been to church a lot. <laughs> I'm a pastor's kid. I'm praying for my own son, Titus. PK kids, man, they're wild, they're messed up, they're nuts. They need Jesus. But I've been to church my whole life, every service, every type of service, everything. And what the message often was in that time was, hey, 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 you come to church every single day, every hour of the day, get to the house of God, which is good, but just be in the house of God and stay close. Today, I think the shift is happening. Where we're getting to the house of God, we're showing up in his presence, we're getting with his, his family. We're getting alone with him on our own time. We're getting in his presence in our rooms and in our cars and in our whatever. And then we're taking what we're learning in that presence and we're going out into the world in a greater measure, in a greater way. And we are gonna say, no longer is the world gonna influence who we are. No longer is the world gonna speak to who I am or to who you are. I'm gonna tell the world who I am and what I believe and what I stand. I'm not gonna condemn. I'm not gonna push down. I'm not gonna kick down, but I'm gonna be a hand open. I'm gonna be an arm stretched out. I'm going to be a person that Jesus would be here in this time and influence the world around us. It's time more than ever for us to stop allowing the world to separate, to divide. Come on, are you with me? You know, I was saying I have, I have recently gotten off of social media for a few days. I just deleted the app, but I've, I've, I've put it back at times to get back on and repost something for the church just so you know, stay with it. You know what's funny about getting off of that thing for a few? I actually have a little bit of hope in humanity. 
I actually believe that people are good still. I actually believe that there is good things still out there for us to experience. I still believe that God is good. I actually got refreshed that I still believe God is working in ways we can't see just because we're not seeing it on a screen in front of our face that we're actually seeing. I was walking around in the street and I saw people and I, I, I started to talk to more people. I started to engage with people. I started to actually have eyes for all people, not just people that look like me, not just people that act like me, but people that don't act like me, don't look like me, have, have been lost and sucked and stealing, stolen by this world. And I start to go, man, there is hope in this place. Come on, we as church, I'm gonna preach today. Can I preach this morning? You came back, so welcome. Like, like we, we, we need to be people that carry hope. We are hope carriers, not depressed carriers. Church, we are called to influence this place. We are called to determine and be the, the ones that set the, I know it's a buzzword, you all got it out there, I think, the temperature setters of this world today. Come on, and everybody would say amen. So, so we're called to be innovators. We're called to be creators. We're called to carry our, our worlds and our spheres with the presence of God. Whether you're on Zoom calls for eight hours, come on. Whether you're actually in person with some people, whether you're in your home, whether you're a mother and a father that are in your home only, we are called to influence those places and spaces for the kingdom of God. And I think this is where we're going. And so I, I know how this is happening. I know the, how this happens. And it's the only way is Jesus. Jesus. But it's on us to be people of consistency. Consistently giving, consistently serving, consistently walking in joy, consistently lifting our voices, consistently praising through the storm. I know preachers have said that a lot lately over the past few years, and then a storm like COVID actually happens, and a storm like the economy starts to go, and a storm like your job starts to go, and all those messages we've heard about actually praising through the storm now actually have to be put in place. And I'm telling you guys, the world is watching going, is the, is the, is the preacher? Is those believers going to do what they've been saying? And I'm telling you guys, it is time for us to be consistent in our worship, consistent no matter what the pushback, no matter what to say. So Daniel is an incredible book. It's an incredible story of, of, of Daniel and his three homies, his three brothers. And it's, a, and it's a powerful story. And so I've entitled this message, if you need an extra title to cultural, culture influencers, is Distinction is attractive. You know, it's attractive to be a person of distinction. It's appealing. If you don't like the word attraction, just say it's appealing. It's good. And so I'm going to skim through Daniel chapter 1. You all out there, you awake. You all right. Daniel chapter 1, 1 verse 21. I'm not going to read all this, so the team in the back, I'm going to paraphrase some stuff here. So basically, in verse um, 1 through um, five, what happens is, is that the people of God, the Israelites, God's family, that he, he chose to be people that he was going to work through. And I'll talk more about that. They, they did not listen to the prophets of old. They did not listen to the, the people that were saying to them, hey, people of God, the ones that have been saved, the ones that have been taken out of slavery, the ones that have been redeemed by God, by Yahweh, the God of all gods, the God of creation. Hey, hey, you're not doing the things that God has put in place for you to do. You're not living according to his word. You're not living to the plan. And so guess what happened? The thing that the prophet said, you're gonna be taken over. Now, I don't have time to go on that. God's not good. He just lets him, no, 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 no. God gave a warning. I love that God gives us warnings and not, not just, just spites us in the moment, right? Amen. Anybody thankful God gave you a warning? <laughs> Both my hands would be up. So he gives them a warning, but they don't listen, right? 
And so now a king, Nebuchadnezzar, comes in and takes over, the king of Babylon. And he takes over, and, and then he chooses people from, from that, that tribe, and he takes them into his, his kingdom, and he starts to train them up and equip them and make them stronger and educate them and all these things. And it says in verse 8, or eight, eight Daniel and his three, three friends are listed. It says this in verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. I'm going to talk about that. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. So Daniel and his three buddies are now in the kingdom of Babylon. You with me? I'm giving you a Bible lesson 101. They're now in his kingdom. They're training under the king. They're living under the king's rule. And the king is now trying to give them his stuff, specifically his food. And Daniel's like, no, thank you. I'm good. Now, God has caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should you, he see you looking worse than any other young men your age? The king would, have then my, would then have my head because of you. And Daniel said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. That's where a lot of people in the church, if you've heard it before, they do the Daniel fast, right? This is where it's coming from. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Verse 15, at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. <laughs> I love that. All the people that are, what do you call someone that just eats vegetables? No meat, vegan, vegetarian, that's it. They're all like, yeah. I'm joking. We love you all. Everyone's welcome. Every food. <laughs> to these four young men, God gave knowledge. Church should be fun. <laughs> okay. To these four young men, God gave knowledge. God gave knowledge. Catch that? It doesn't say they mustered up all the education in the world. It doesn't mean that they had all the wits. What does it say? God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Talk about a, an incredible moment. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief officials presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better. You know, this is still true for believers today. 10 times better than all magicians and enchanters in this whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first, king, first year of King Cyrus. Distinction is attractive. So can you stay? You know, we all love today following and being influenced by those that have the blue check mark. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, I can see your hands. You know what I'm talking about? The blue check mark, whether you're on social media or not, you may have heard that there are people that literally have the check mark. I'm not knocking social media today. This is not pastor's rant on social media. I'm just making a point. There is people today that we follow, that we like, that we hope that they follow back. Follow for follow, please like for like. Like We are so consumed with getting their attention, trying to get them. We comment. I laugh when I see people commenting on people's posts that they don't even know. It's awesome. Like, like you're hoping, we're hoping that some way, somehow we'll be heard by them. Some way, somehow they're gonna speak into us. I'm not saying it's all bad. I follow some of them. Sometimes it's good, right? But I think there's a culture today where if you only have the blue check mark, you're only the ones that are influencing. 
And I'm here today to say, actually, it's completely upside down. When you got saved by Jesus Christ, when you said that he raised to life three days later after going to the cross, and you received the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you immediately became a part of his family, the royal priesthood, a holy nation, a royal inheritance, and in that moment, you became a culture influencer. You now are the one that has the blue check mark next to your name. You are now the one that has called to be the one that sets the temperature and the tone and the things. Guys, I don't really care what those influencers have to say. I care what a king has to say. I care what the Spirit of God has to say. And if the Spirit of God is saying, hey, Jake, now more than ever, it is time to rise up and love the least of these and serve the least of these and fight for those that can't fight for themselves and call out wickedness and evil and racism and hate and violence when there's that, because the city of Chicago is going to be changed. Woo! How many of you want that? Every hand should be up, whether you think that or not, just for participation's sake. I still believe because of his church, because of his followers, his family, through us, we can see one day in Chicago where there is not a single person lost to gun violence. I believe today, because of the church, because of who we are and how close we are to the Father and how much we're speaking into the city, we're gonna see neighborhood, black, brown, white, all come together in unity and say, we are standing together as the family. We are gonna fight for one another. We're gonna stand for one another. We're gonna be who God's called us to be because that's what we're called to do is influence. Well, pastor, I'm just some person that sits in my house, I don't really do much. Well, change your house, make your house a radiant place for the presence of God. Well, I'm just a mom at home. Guess what? Serve those kids like crazy. Build a legacy. Raise your kids up. Well, I'm just a barista and people come in on the mobile orders and just grab it to go. Cool, pray over the beans. Pray over the cup. If you can't say something because you got a mask on, we all know what this means, right? Just give them one of these as they go. They may look at you like you got 10 heads. Great. But I think a lot more people are showing a couple other fingers more than those three fingers today. And we can be people that go, actually, world, I love you, and I want, to know, I want you to know the love that I have. Are you with me this morning, church? I got like 15, 20 minutes. We are called to influence like Daniel did. See, this story is amazing to me because Daniel and these boys, you know how old they are? 16. How many of you remember what 16 was like? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, y'all. The last thing I was doing is like, Lord, use me, I'm a vessel. <laughs> that was the last thing I was doing at 16. I was figuring out whatever sport I could get my hands uh, into or play in any game I could. I was, get, I was getting my hands in all sorts of trouble. I was causing all sorts of messes. I was not like, Lord, I'm here. But these boys understood that the moment that they were in was vital. They had an understanding that where they were positioned was from God. They understood the time. See, notice something that they, they, um, they were now dealing with the situations of their family. See, they're 16. They're not the ones necessarily making all the mistakes like their families, their parents, their grandparents, right? All the prophets spoke over generations and generations. But now they're the ones living in the situation and the mess, can I say, that their parents set up for them. Let me just say this to you. All of you in this room, we have a call from heaven to set up the next generation. 
We have a call from heaven, whether you've been doing it or not right now, today's a good day, mercies are new every day. But we have a call from heaven today to rise up this next generation and give them a platform to stand on, give them something to be proud of, give them a legacy that they can see the hand of God flourish in such a time as this. We have a call to influence today so that we see a setup for the next. You with me this morning? Your life matters and what you do matters today. And so these boys, you know, they were, they were just boys and they showed up to the king's palace and they got the king's education. And so some people would read that and be like, why would they ever get the king's education? That's the world's education. Can I make a statement here this morning? I think we should know what's going on in the world. We shouldn't be in our little box with our headphones on. Like, ah, I'm not saying go dive yourself into some crazy books or some crazy, I'm saying if you're in school, you're a college student, sit in the classes, learn what they have to say, but walk in going, I'm directed and guided by the spirit of the living God. So I know what truth is. I know where truth comes from. I know how I'm led and how I'm guided, but I'm gonna get some things from this. I love being in the person that goes and sits in classes and I get to chew on the bone, this meat and spit out the bones. You with me? Is this helping y'all? Like Daniel was, and his buddies were placed in a place of education. They didn't fight it. They didn't stick it to the man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I believe. Like, no. I mean, that's us today. Oh, I'm like, yo, can we just stop? Like, can we sit across the table and learn from each other? Can we have conversations? And if you don't agree, that's okay. Can I say that to our church? It's okay. Me and my wife don't agree on everything. And she loves me. She's crazy in love with me. She's mad love with me. I'm telling you, like, mad love with me. Maybe I'm just telling you that for my own sake and my own. But, like, we, we can be in this world and not of it. That's the call. I, I love getting online, and I read a couple different magazines of, like, culture. Because I just want to know what's going on. I want to know, especially in my days when I was working with young people, I would, like, have to know all the newest and latest, like, albums and rappers and singers because like and now I'm like 33 I got a kid I don't know what's going on today but like sometimes I'll pause and just be like what's happening in the world I want to educate myself I want to know what people are learning some is very good some I go I don't need that thank you and Daniel's boys understood hey hey we'll learn but we're not going to bow down to a king we're not going to go against what his word says we're not going to do what his word does uh, would never tell us to do we're going to stand strong David was loyal they changed the name of Daniel and his three friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were their Babylonian names. Those were not their, 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 their Jewish names. The, the, the thing about that is, is if, if the culture could change their names, they could control them. If the culture can change your identity, they can control you. That's for me to hear. What do you mean, pastor, I still have my same name? No, 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 I'm not talking just maybe your physical name. I'm talking your attitude. I'm talking your joy. I'm talking your peace. I'm talking your faith. I'm talking your trust. If they can change that narrative, if they can change that, they can control you. And I'm here today to say, church, we're not gonna be controlled by the way of this world. We're called for greater things. Come on, I'm here to believe that this morning. And so they're here now. And they're fighting and they're, they're standing and they're going, you know what? I, I just imagine Daniel, if I can say it this way, I imagine him looking around to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going, what a name, Abednego. That's a name. Anyways, we should name our second kid. No, okay. We're not having a kid. Like looking around, going, fellas, hey, 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 we're here for such a time as this. We're here 
So we're going to encourage each other. We're going to strengthen each other. We're going to build each other up. When one seems to fall, we're going to pick them up. When one seems to want to give up, we're going to tell them keep going. Come on, this should be the church family. As we're starting to influence this city, as we're starting to influence what's going around us, we're going to get tired. We're going to get weird. It's not on the pastor to do it. It's on all of us to do it. And we're going to say to one another, hey, stay strong. Stay committed. Don't bow down. Don't back down. Stay true because distinction before God is attractive. So I got three things. Can I just leave us with three things? (laughs) I love it. Welcome back. Three things that I get from this first chapter, and we're going to discover the book of Daniel. First thing is, take this down. Put this in your phone. Maybe make this the background of your phone, because this is something you all, we all need to hear. You've been purposed for this time. You have been purposed for this exact time. Have you ever wondered why you've been born during this time? Anybody? I can see your hands. My hand's up. I've always been like, God, why'd you, why'd, you, why'd you let me come in 1987? Like, why 1987? Like, I used to wear suits in my old job. I, I worked a job for 10 years. I had to wear a suit and tie every day. I loved me some good suits. I loved a good tie. I loved some good shoes. I looked good. <laughs> He's so vain. Oh, my goodness. I always, like, jokingly say, like, I should have grown up in the 20s, in the 30s. Is that, I think that's, like... I'm looking at my wife, like, nod your head like that. I, maybe earlier, maybe earlier. Like, I should have grown up in the time. You know what I'm talking about where they always wore suits out? Like, no matter what they were doing, they were doing yard work, they, were, they had suits with the vests. Like, like guys, you're, you're tearing a house down. It's cool, we're in suits. Like, like I should have been in that time. I would have thrived in that time. <laughs> at least looked good during that time. But I've asked God, God, why, why now? I've asked God for my son. God, God, why now? Like, why is, why is my son here in this time, in this moment? Can I say something? It's not as dark as we all make it to be. It's been dark. It's been devil. It's been wicked. We are just called for this time because at this time, we are called to rise up during this time and not stay quiet. Culture's trying to tell us to stay quiet. The world's trying to tell us to keep our mouths shut. The world is trying to tell us, stay in your house. Lock yourselves in because we hate you. And you can walk out going, that's cool, you hate me. I love you. I love you. You want my shirt? I'll give you my shirt plus another one. You want me to walk one mile? Cool, I'll walk two miles for you. You with me? You've been purposed for this time. And if you remember that, it's a lot easier then to know, okay, God, you have me here for a reason. It helps you discover why God has you here. It helps you to discover that the calling on your life, the commission on your life is great and it's awesome and it's beautiful and he that began a good work is gonna carry to completion. He's calling leaders up today. Can I say it that way? We've thrown the word leaders around in the church. We've thrown it around. You're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader. But I, I want us to understand the weight of that. That being a leader in the kingdom isn't just you sitting on the sidelines. Being a leader, and that's why people are like, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be a leader. <laughs> you start putting some things to the, I, I'd rather be the guy on the side. I'm good. Can I say it this way? He's raising up believers. He's not raising up just leaders. He's raising you up as a follower, as a disciple. And he's saying, as a disciple of me, I have called you for such a time as this. So if you're a photographer, crush it. If you're an innovator, think of the greatest design. 
If you, if you are somebody that's called to the healthcare system, rise up. I believe, guys, I'm gonna say this. I said at the 9 a.m., I believe more than ever, we are gonna see people for such a time as this that are gonna be in our political system, that are gonna be in our judicial system. I believe we're gonna see judges and lawyers and everybody rise up that are believers. Come on, anybody have faith to believe this? I'm gonna believe that those that are in those positions today, they're gonna rise up with greater faith, with greater hope. Those that are in our education system, they're gonna rise up with hope. They're gonna rise up with faith. They're gonna rise up with courage. I believe those that are in our first responders and our law Law enforcement, they're gonna rise up. There are gonna be peacemakers. There are gonna be people that help. I believe this for, for people in businesses, those in the creative sphere, those that are, that are doing all sorts of things. I believe whether you're an electrician, a carpenter, a concrete worker, or a barista, that God has called us to influence every sphere of life. Not just church on Sunday. Because we've gotten real comfortable. Well, I just get the experience of church on Sunday. And then I go out and I forget everything that was said. Can I be honest with you guys? This is awkward, right? Mask, separation, it's important. But, but, but what's happening in some of your minds is like, I don't like this experience. I didn't like it. When I started talking to a camera, I was like, bah. <laughs> I don't like not talking to people. But you know what? Regardless of the experience, we're not called for experiences. We're called for encounters. And you guys are called to be people that bring the presence of God to wherever you, you go. Amen? Is this helping y'all? Can I give you two more points? You okay? Pastor Jordan, you can come on up. And, and Alex. So, so we're purpose for this time. The second thing is this. We're gonna influence culture around us. We need to be transformers, not conformers. Super deep point. Romans 12 says, be therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform, it says first though. Hey, hey, he doesn't say be a transformer. Then he says, first and foremost, don't conform in Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Pattern of this world. You know what's awesome that we know about the world? It's the same pattern. Catch that? He says, like, the pattern of this world. You see it, you know it, it's the same thing. They just look a little, it's the same thing. Don't conform to that pattern. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. Get with the Father. It says that Daniel understood this, that he was not called to be a conformer. He was called to transform. And so when the king came to him, the officials came to them and said, eat this food, drink this wine. Daniel said, we're good. Well, why, pastor? Just because it was red meat and some red wine? No, because what was happening, and this is what's happening in Babylon. This was, the Babylon was crazy. Like it was a crazy city, crazy place, crazy space. Go, just go, like it was nuts. What they would do is they would take that food, that sacrifice, that meat, they would kill it, and then they would sacrifice it to idols. They would lay it before idols, not God of Yahweh, uh, creation, none of that. They would sacrifice it, and so to the people of Israel, that was a no-no. Like, no, 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 I'm not gonna eat something you just dedicated to an idol. And so it's not just about the food, you with me. They understood that my life is not going to be given to anything that gives itself to idols. Anything that is given to anything else other than God of creation. You with me this morning, church. They understood that we're not going to be conforming to the pattern of this world. But we are going to transform what is happening. And what happens is they say, thank, we're good. And it says they looked good. Come on. Maybe, we need to, maybe I need to eat some vegetables for 10 days. It's a lot funnier in my head, too, than it. They didn't give to what that culture was screaming for them to give into. No, they said, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this. We're gonna transform it. 
And what happens is it says God gave them wisdom, understanding, the insight into dreams and visions. You guys want to know what your dream is for your life? Get with God. You want to know what the dream is for and the vision for your life is? Don't conform it to something you see on TV or something you see on some magazine or something you see on social. Just can get with God and let him transform the vision and dream for your life. You want a healthy relationship? We'll start today. Stop conforming to the way the world calls relationships. Whether it's friendships or dating. Yo, don't conform to the world when it's like, yo, we're going to move in together. We're going to test the car before we buy it. I'm not condemning anybody. But the world goes, no, no, that's the way to do it. And I'm here to say, like, God's all about purity and love and hope and, and protecting you. He wants to protect you. He wants to watch over you. He wants to keep you. Yo, I, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm 33. My wife knows this. Can I be honest? I don't think there's any children here. I was on a version when I got married. I made a lot of mistakes. But the grace of God, the mercy of God is here to say, like, hey, Jake, stop conforming to the world. The Lord had to say to me, stop conforming. You have been made new, so your old self is dead. You with me, church? Come on, this is not a condemning thing. This is a hopeful thing of like, man, wow, God does have a healthy marriage for me, a healthy relationship for me, a God-centered marriage, a God-centered relationship. Oh, he actually has God-centered friendships for me. Oh, healthy friendships for me. When I'm down, when I'm crying, when I'm broken, I can pick up the phone and I can call someone and they're gonna speak life into me. They're not gonna gossip. Oh, I don't have to be in the gossip circle where everybody gets to go. I can be like, yo, stop. We're in a God-centered relationship, so we're not gonna speak about other. You with me, church? Stop conforming, but transform today as everything that's around us. What this does, and we're almost done, is this. It breaks off the applause of man. I'm a big, I have to wrestle with this a lot. This is an honest moment. Sometimes I live and die by the applause of man. And it's a trap. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit and his gentleness. It's like, yo, Jay, Stop. Because when this thing's all done, when you're done, you're not going to hear any man applauding you. You want to hear me applauding you, right? Come on. Who wants to hear heaven applauding us when we're done from this place? I, like. So we don't parent the way the world tells us to parent. We raise our kids in the things of God. We raise them in the word. We instruct them and we train them. We don't cut corners at our jobs. We don't try to get a little extra because we've lost some stuff during the season. In the season, actually, we give more than we get. That's a hard thing to do. But that's how we live as believers. We influence in love and in hope. Is this helping y'all? The last thing is this. Distinction is desired by the Father. Distinction is desired by the Father. I think what this whole thing does is we make this way into the sermon series we have to come to grips with who are we serving? Where is our loyalty? Are we perfect? Oh, heck no. Are we going to nail it every time? Absolutely not. And everybody could say, amen. But this comes to saying, no, 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 my loyalty, I know what he's done for me. This is why I'm so passionate about guys. Don't forget what he saved you from. Don't forget where he's redeemed, what he's redeemed you from. Because if you forget that, you're going to forget all of that stuff, and you're going to start going around like, oh, I just got to give my loyalty to something else because it's not working anymore. Just remind yourself what he saved you from, where you should be and where you're not. And so this is saying, no, 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 I want to be distinct by the Father. I want to be used by the Father. I want to have, I want to have that, that, that mark on me. I want God to mark me. You know, that's actually Scripture. The blue check mark, they just stole it from Jesus. Come on. 
It says God marks people. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Like it says that he marks them for such a time. He wants to mark each and every one of you in this room today and say, you have been called for this time. You've been purposed for this time. You need to be person of distinction set apart. It says that Daniel didn't defile himself, didn't give himself over to it. He didn't touch the things of the world. And he was still used. See, I think if we, we, we get this idea, this lie in our spirits that if, if we don't act the way that they want us to, if we don't do the things they want us to, we'll never be used. The scriptures are stories after stories after stories of people that were dramatically and drastically used by God because they were people that chose loyalty to the Father. Even David, a man that messed up. You want to talk about a blunder? Whoo! But that brother, God used him. Saul to Paul? Saul was killing Christians. I mean, that's extreme, right? God used him. God used him to write half the New Testament and to build churches and plant churches and give us life through his words. See, God can use anything and anyone. God is calling us, though, to say, like, hey, hey, I want to mark you. I want to make you distinct. No matter if you're old in this room or young in this room, the time is now. And in and, and, and marking us, and I'll finish with this. This is my 14th close. John Wesley is a great theologian, a man of faith from many, many, many years ago many years ago. But I remember this quote often because this was said to me early on in my faith journey. Someone said this to me because I was like, I just, you know, when you get saved, you want to tell everybody I'm in love and I don't care who knows, like I'm telling everybody. They're like, hey, keep that fire. Ask for the Holy Spirit to keep that fire in you because that will show the world how you've been set apart. John Wesley says this, when you set yourself on fire, now, okay, I don't want to hear someone walk out of here and say, Pastor, I set myself on fire. It's not, I'm not. <laughs> hear me, like disclaimer, everyone online, hear me. Like supernaturally speaking, right? Metaphorically speaking, like with, with the presence of God. When you set yourself on fire, people love to come and see you burn. What do you mean? See me like die? No, no, no. They want to come see why you're on fire. They want to come be like, yo, what is up with you? It is not my role to be the only one on fire. It is our role as the church, capital C, to carry a fire so deep and a burning desire because knowing that distinction with the Father is what's going to carry us to reach across the city and transform it. Guys, what I said earlier, I believe today. I believe more than ever that we're going to see Chicago literally turned upside down. You know, this city is the, the waterways to the city go all across this nation. You guys know that? That this is a, a shipping hub of, of industry and of businesses. Do you guys understand that? Why do you think Chicago has been under attack for far too long? Why do you think it has been so oppressed and so demonically ridden? Because it's a city that if it can be turned upside down with the people of God in it, this city will catch fire and it will burn across every part of this country, across every landscape, across every platform. And I believe it. But better yet, I believe it for you. I believe it for your lives. That Man, this relationship with Jesus is not this. Are there seasons of hardship? Yeah. We're watching it. We're in it. 
Some of you have lost jobs. Know that we're with you, we're praying, we're trusting God for your lives. Some of you have experienced loss and we're mourning with you and we're crying with you. Some of you feel the pain of the injustice that's in our world. We're with you, we're in this together, but it's time for us to be distinct and be marked by God and say, I'm not gonna walk with my shoulders down and my chest hunched over. I'm gonna walk with my shoulders up and my head up and I know who's called me. I know what he's purposed me to do. I know what he's done for me. I know what he's doing in me. I know what he's gonna do in me. He He saved me, he's redeemed me, he has set me free, he has called me for such a time as this.